Wilderness Podcast. Good morning, Jordan. Hey, Bobby. How's it going? I got a question for you. Okay. On this beautiful Monday morning, May 24th, 2021. Mindvirus.show. Find us on the web. Share this with your friends. You know the drill. Yes. Okay, question for you. Go. Have you ever lived through a more blatant propaganda campaign than what we've lived through over the last year and a half? Okay. That's a that's a good question. Uh 9/11. What do you think about 9/11? Okay, so wep- weapons of mass destruction. 9/11 was pretty intense. Uh but it was it seemed like it was well the 9/11 propaganda led right into the WMD propaganda and the right we had the terror. we had the whole afghanistan angle but then it w- it shifted almost immediately to why we should go to war in iraq and right. the whole reason was that saddam hussein was developing weapons of mass destruction well that look i know there are plenty of diehard republicans out there that still think it was a good idea to go into iraq and that saddam probably wanted to get weapons of mass destruction he was a bad guy and it was a good thing that we went there but but let's look honestly like honestly we're still in iraq this war has gone on longer than vietnam and saddam hussein is long gone and we have for all empirical intents and purposes we have destabilized the middle east dramatically whether whether you like the guy or not whether you think dictators are good or bad the whole place is a wreck and to say it's not the fault of america or the leader it's not the fault of america it's the fault of the oligarchy the leaders that jerk america around that's a little bit silly but anyway no 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 wmd no weapons of mass destruction were found and so anyway talking about propaganda that was pretty thick that was really heavy like all everybody was in lockstep on that and i mentioned i think last week a movie I'd recently watched, Shock and Awe, mm-hmm. which is about some reporters at a Knight Ritter, at Knight Ritter, which was a news, what what do you call it, a conglomerate that owned several newspapers. They were purchased by McClatchy in the late, late 2000s, 2006 to 2009, somewhere in there, and then McClatchy went bankrupt. I don't know, but there there was a group of reporters there that was adamant that that this was that that it was all wrong but they were the only mainstream outlet that was working to try and promote a narrative that it might that Saddam might not actually be doing what the the Bush administration and all of the main news outlets were promoting which was that he was trying to constitute a, a WMD program so well, so that's was, you it wasn't just the Bush administration either you had the was it the Tony Blair government in the UK? Yeah. Other European governments were, were in lockstep. Okay, so yeah, really, okay, so whole, now you're going worldwide. The, you're going global on me. Well, and that's why I think we need to because... No, it's a good point. I see where you're headed the, with this. The propaganda we've experienced over the last year or so has been... It's been global, it's been national, and it's down to the local level. Right, so, so Iraq... 
was a NATO operation, right? The North, um, North Atlantic Treaty Organization is essentially the either take your pick Eurasia, Oceania, whatever from Orwell. It's one of NATO is one of the three sides right. of the super states. You, you have NATO, Russia, and China. Those are the three super states right now, or have have been the three super states since the uh, since World War II. Right. Essentially, China has taken a while to kind of come up to speed, but that's our one versus one versus one, or two versus one, one versus two play the kingdoms and countries against themselves strategy that's been going on since since 1948 when Orwell wrote 1984 and so that was a NATO operation and I don't think you make a good point it didn't get WMD didn't get a lot of play around the world other than in NATO countries because that was all that was required to go into Iraq. And the bloody nose that America had gotten from 9-11 was sufficient enough to anger the country, to support, uh, what would you call it, a, a, a uh, tenuous position. There, are two, there were two very tenuous moral foundations upon which the war in Iraq and the war in Afghanistan was built. Number one was the changing of the definition of imminent threat from ability, opportunity, and jeopardy. They took jeopardy out of the equation and said, well, we need to modify our definition of imminent threat or modify our view of imminent threat to the ability and the opportunity or the objectives and the, and the abilities of our enemies. So I think we've talked about this in a podcast. What, what, constitutes the moral standards by which we judge an imminent threat because those those standards determine when it's moral to use violence against an uh, an aggressor or someone that you you perceive to be an aggressor right and those those standards are applied not just to to uh nations and militaries but but they're applied to individuals those are the, they're in the statutes that we have relative to justification of deadly force. Like if you're a concealed carry permit holder, if somebody comes into your home or whatever, that you're justified to use deadly force under certain standards or under certain circumstances. And those standards are applied both to individuals and to kingdoms and countries. And they have been since, I believe it was in the late 1400s, the Treaty of Westphalia, when the, the leaders of Europe decided, hey, we can't just keep invading each other for no good reason. So anyway, the, it required, a, there was a, so you asked the question, have I ever seen propaganda like this? And I'm going to re- revise my answer and say no, but 9-11 was close. Because, but that, and that created a massive shift in the, uh, in the public psyche because now this idea that we can just invade anybody we want for no good reason is out there. It's, and, and, and it's out there. It's been used as justification by the United States and I believe it will be used against us by Russia and China, like we will become the imminent threat. And remember, we're the only ones that have ever used nukes. Right. They, they have, we have done all the stuff that we dread happening to us. They haven't yet done it. So I so, think there's some key differences um, that we need to talk about between the 9-11 propaganda and what, what we're experiencing right now. The first difference is that 
1648, Treaty of Westphalia, I believe. 9-11 was, was the, the 9-11 propaganda drummed up a lot of fear and also patriotism and sort of this righteous indignation that we need to go and punch him back, you know, like the Toby Keith song, right? The country song that he wrote it was like, basically, you don't mess with America. We'll stick this boot up your ass. Like, yeah, I remember him getting a lot of, uh, you know, there was, it was a controversial song because the lyrics are so absurd, but um, it drummed up this sort of fear-based patriotism in this fervor for war. But the the normal average American didn't really feel threatened by Islamic terror. There was no imminent threat. The threat was passed. You know, we, we carried on with our lives. <clears throat> we went to baseball games where we were fed propaganda. We... Mm-hmm. We went to basketball games and football games. We went to concerts. We No schools were shut down or anything like tons that. Tons of patriotism, tons of flags, so, tons and tons and tons of flags. The difference now, though, is that they've created an environment where every single person is at risk. Well, now, and not, it's, now and, not everybody feels at risk, but that's the idea, right? This, this virus is everywhere. It, it can infect healthy people and unhealthy people and kids and old people, even though the numbers don't pan out. The numbers don't support the fear and the propaganda, but people aren't looking at the data. The average person isn't looking well, at the data. But it's, a, it's worldwide. I think that's a huge difference, too, here. Right. Is it's, it's worldwide. It's in every country. And, 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 and it's Republican and Democrat. See, back in the day... 20 years ago, there were a lot of holdouts on the left that were saying, you know, the Bushes were linked to 9-11. It was an inside job. You had Michael Moore, Fahrenheit 9-11. And you had a bunch of libertarians and and conspiracy researchers who were like scholars for 9-11 truth, pilots for 9-11 truth, firefighters for 9-11 truth. All these truth groups started springing up and they were sort of nonpartisan, independent of that. But, But the left had ample reason to kind of turn on the administration. They they started to ask more questions and well they were trying to win the election, the 2004 presidential election. Right. And then the and then the 2008 election and all of that stuff. Be- before campaign season, so B- Bush won in 2000 controversially maybe depending on your point of view. But sure. but right after 9/11 even the the left was in support of Bush and all of this hoorahing and things. It wasn't until six months later when election season started kicking in that then they started to turn on the war. And you have John Kerry's famous, you know, swift boat hoax and yeah, and all his his uh, his shenanigans to try to win the election. But you're right. The let's go back to March 2020 when the lockdowns happened. Over the course of like a weekend, the entire world went from, hey, there, maybe we should keep an eye on this virus out of Wuhan, to shutting down and locking down and closing and canceling everything. Every country in the world, basically. Yeah, some of the states in the, in the union here did not go so far, but every state had its brush with tyranny. Well, even here, you know, we've talked about Utah. Utah is one of the most 
red states in the country. I'm not even going to say conservative anymore. But see, but, and that's a good that's a good point. Hold that thought because what 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 we saw in 2001 was you had a a country that was divided along the Republican Democrat lines, which were more traditional Republican Democrat, right? The Republicans were more into fiscal responsibility. The Democrats are more into social issues and a more of a welfare state. And the Republicans were known for being the war, you know, the, the willing to go to war party. And that has changed. So we now have, we, where we had significant elements of statism, statism in both parties that sort of balance each other out, at the post-9-11 world has caused a merging of the statists, a, a, a consolidation of the statists in both parties into what, what is really a, a single party, a single block. And the Trump election manifests the populist re- revulsion to that, They're, the rebellion against the statist position and it's clear that the media and the big tech companies, the big, not just the big tech companies, but all the big companies and the government and the governments of the states is essentially unified against the, pu- the public, against the, the rational, f- more freedom-oriented people, the non-statists. That, so you've, you have both Republican and Democrat parties they're now more than ever different in name and and word only. Their actions are are similar. And one of the biggest reveals on that was the Obamacare law. The minute the Republicans got in, they had both houses of Congress and the presidency in 2016, and they couldn't repeal the mandate. They couldn't. They couldn't do it. They 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 tried. Dozens of times under Obama, Obama, they had they had both the House and the Senate, and they sent plenty of bills to Obama's desk that never got signed. But when Trump got elected, they could not repeal the mandate, which is well, I don't think they really wanted to. Oh, because exactly they benefit from this stuff. But yeah, I'm going to say that we've never lived through propaganda like this. And, I agree and, with you. After it, hashing it out, it started. I think the the corona panic started it, but I think the found or accelerated it, but I think it started it started a long time ago. Government propaganda is everywhere. And you know, we've grown up with it. We've talked about like you know, I went we we probably both went through the Dare program. Sure. Or uh Channel 1 News, we talked about that. But this was worldwide and it was uniform. It is, you, you, is, it present still tense, is. present tense. Uh, I don't know if you remember, I think it was last Easter, you know, right when this, these lockdowns were fresh, they had An- Andrea Bocelli singing in... You mentioned that before, uh, but I never saw it. Where was it? He was singing Italy? in Italy, somewhere at the Vatican or something. It was all empty, right? And they showed pictures of empty streets and him singing. And I was sitting there watching it, thinking, well... This isn't really locked down because they're producing this concert. There's multiple cameras involved. There's obviously it's been rehearsed because this is a blind man who is walking through buildings and like there's marking and and blocking, right? And he there's obviously been some planning, Prepar- preparation, preparation. And who are the people running the cameras and 
we're all just okay with them dying and we're all okay, okay with this great singer just maybe dying because he's out in the open air. And by then, though, already I was sure thinking this is sure. all a bunch of baloney. But then you had just every country, every every developed country in the world was under the same phraseology, say, stay home, save lives, um, you know, in all in this together, alone mm-hmm. together. And now that's moving into the vaccine propaganda, even down here at the local level. You know, we can't forget that even governors like Ron DeSantis and Christy Nome and other Republican governors who maybe didn't go so far as other re- uh, governors. Gary Herbert. Still, Herbert, Herbert, sound still, like a frog. Yeah, <laughs> still crossed lines. Okay, I found an article from last spring in the Deseret News. That's a local paper, where governors, Republican governors, were blaming bad behavior, blaming the people's bad behavior for the spread of this virus. That's a phrase Gary Herbert used. Our bad behavior is causing the rising cases. Our love for one another is causing the rising cases. Too. Right. He, he, he literally pulled that out. Even Christy Nome, who's sort of a COVID hero, right? No, she, she's she crossed uh, South Dakota. Yeah. Okay. So everybody was in on it. Everybody was in on it. And, and it's pretty clear. Like there's this, there's a story on zero hedge right now about the Michigan governor. I don't even know her name. Gretchen or, Whitmer. Okay. I didn't want to know her name. Uh, she's been one of the worst offenders and she's out in public now, uh, fraternizing in restaurants in and Florida. She went, she to left the Florida. state <laughs> and she got, she got caught without a mask and people called her on it. And, um, she issued an apology. Yeah. She's, she says, well, we, we were all vaccinated or whatever, but you made the point earlier that pretty much every governor has been caught disobeying yeah. their own mandates. Almost every, every uh, myriads of high-ranking officials, myriads of celebrities have been caught basically in, in massive hypocrisy. Well, they're not afraid of, do of what, this. They know it's not a real threat. Do what we say, not what we do. Yeah, exactly. They're not afraid of it because it's not a real threat. So then what is it? That's the point. That's the, that's the point. And there, so uh, Bobby found a really good article that we've on a site that we've followed somewhat closely, right? I mean, they, they don't, they don't publish very much. It's coronacircus.com. Really like those guys because they ask some good questions. Now I'm not saying that I believe everything they say, but they, they're looking at things with a really critical eye and they're very much open-minded to conspiracy as an explanation for what's going on. One thing that they've, <clears throat> one thing they've documented over the last, well, since last March, is the absurdity in the messaging and the contradictions. You know, go back to even January when the WHO says there's no human transmission of SARS-CoV-2. Like right there, it just started out with with either a mistake or a lie. Like they're like humans aren't susceptible to this virus from the bat well we know that's not true and then you had meaning that it didn't come from a bat as well Well, it didn't come from a true. bat and it also is contagious between humans right <laughs> but which is the bigger lie 
Right. Well, but then and then the messaging, and I, this is something I've wanted to do, and I just haven't taken the time. I've wanted to go through and document all of these contradictions. And there's other people who have kind of started doing that. Right. And what, what would that gain, though? I mean, what, what, that, that's the question. I think that's something we, we want to talk about is like, where, where do we go from here? What's, ha- what's going to happen next? Because w- like we could stand here and be historians and point out all their people. People have done that about like World War Two, like right. whether there's there's a book entitled Day of Deceit by a guy named Stinnett who put together all kinds of information about how FDR did actually have foreknowledge of Pearl Harbor. That's 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 right. incredibly important to know. However, what what does that change? Ninety nine percent of Americans will never care about that. Right, and that's that's a huge problem. You know, like I was having a conversation with someone the other day, and they had no idea what PCR testing was, or the cycle threshold in PCR testing, and why that's important. Right, that's ultra critical information for twenty twenty one. Well, it's all based, everything is based on the lie of asymptomatic spread. And so you have all this propaganda and it changes, right? It changes on a dime from Fauci saying no masks, masks are theatrical, to you better double mask. Triple mask. Triple mask, face shields. Yeah, now every time Zero Asthmat. Hedge posts an, ar- posts an article of him, they have the picture of him with 50 masks. Right. <laughs> and recently, recently... The idea that this virus originated was is man-made or man-tinkered and escaped from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Recently, that theory is getting mainstream support, even Dr. Fauci. Well, a year ago, anybody who mentioned that was being banned from Twitter, Facebook, anywhere else. I mean, the Zero Hedge Twitter account was banned for like six months for suggesting such a theory last year. And so that's getting prop that's getting mainstream. You have mat you have people walking back the effectiveness of masks. You have people couching the effectiveness of the vaccines who are just two weeks ago saying they were better than anything ever invented. <clears throat> now you do still have a lot of pro-vax propaganda. You know, Rand Paul, who's a doctor and who also had COVID and recovered said that he's declining the vaccine because he recovered from the virus, which is so basic. It's like immunology 101. It's not even 101. It's just, it's like immunology. The whole basis of immunology right there. It's like, yeah, it's junior high immunology. It's the basis of germ theory, the idea that somehow germs cause the disease, and therefore if you've got antibodies, if your immune system has seen the disease, then you handle it. And he's getting a lot of flack for not, for not wanting to take the vaccine. They're calling him an anti-vaxxer, and they're calling him a, that's, a, a see, vaccine that's absur- denier. That's absurd. I mean, that's frank absurdity right there. Who's calling him an anti-vaxxer? Like the mainstream press? Yeah. Because that's, he's had it. He's, not only did he have it, he was tested that he had. It was tested. He, like, is documented well, I, that he had it. So I, I had chickenpox 35 years ago. Should I go get the chickenpox vaccine? Yes. I've not had chicken pox since. <laughs> so the, pro- the, the propaganda is turned up louder and more widespread, and it's more uniform than I've ever seen anything before or even read about anything before. It's every entity is saying the same things, and you have a word. What's happening is a word that should frighten you if you're a conspiracy-minded person, and that word is convergence. 
you have governments, you have big tech, you have big pharma, you have media and entertainment all converging and saying the same thing at the same time. The question is, well, there's a few questions. Question is why? Why is there convergence? Because usually there's some sort of voice of opposition among these big elements, but now it's just lockstep across the board. Every major institution in the world is saying the same things. Yeah, and I think going back down through the history since 9-11, I think was an important little exercise because uh, McClatchy and uh, Knight Ritter kind of illustrate in a small way what has happened in a large way. There's been a consolidation of media, mostly in the hands of the big tech companies that like most people get their news from Facebook, right? Is that not... Yeah, Google News, like the main, and it's a headlines. It's headlines and maybe a one or two sentence summary, and that's all people are reading. Right, and and uh, you know the news, the the cable news programs still exist, and they still get a few million viewers. Now, think of that. How big is the country? Three hundred thirty million people, and CNN's uh, Anderson Cooper sees what a million. Probably. I haven't looked recently. Hannity sometimes gets up to 4 million or something like that. Fox News usually gets more because they're the, they're the only s- station, or do we call them stations anymore? The only network that represents sort of the conservative side. And so you'll, you'll see that the Fox commenters often get as many or maybe sometimes double as the MSNBC well, YouTubers and social CNN media guys. people are out drawing these. Yeah, and they're they're comments. lamenting that. Now we 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 don't talk about ABC, NBC, CBS very often because they're supposedly neutral, <laughs> <laughs> but they're which means they're left of center, which means they're illiberal. I don't even think they're left of center. I think they are up against the wall as far left as you can go. All of these are. All of these elements are. Even, well, I'm even center center being an imaginary position right. that they want you to think is a good place, like that that's some rational place. The the the, the truth is the spectrum is not uh the, the political spectrum is not a line. Some people say it's a circle. I look at it more like a cube where in the middle is liberty and everything else is statism. Right. And there's all kinds of flavors of statism. Well, but, I don't think people real people don't really line up on a line or a scale cuz Real people have nuanced views of things. They might, they might think that the government should stay out of religion and you know social social things, but also think the government should have a you know a safety net, a you know a yeah, welfare it's, fund. Yeah, it's it's the camel's like, camel's nose in the tent. That's right, the problem. It's, right. Once you let them in, they take everything. Well, and that's the problem with what's happening right now. See, we could argue or discuss about. You know why? Why they're suddenly entertaining this idea that Wuhan might have been responsible? Well, we sh- we should, and we, but and, and we I will. think what's going to happen is they're going to say China did it, China did it, China did it, and Americans will shake their fist in anger for a few minutes, and then they'll go back to their Netflix and their sports, and meanwhile, the liberties that have been lost are going to stay lost. Just like after 9-11, we shook our fists at Afghanistan and Osama bin Laden and whoever else. Yeah, but there was and, a 20-year war in there, too. That's right. what you're underplaying. But, but by 2008, when Obama was elected, we had pretty much forgotten about the war. 
people in Afghanistan and Iraq haven't. I know. And the killings have but continued. But I'm talking about the the regular person here, that this is yeah. the, the, the effect of the propaganda. Remember, when Bush was president, you turn on the news or the TV, and there was that constant ticker on the bottom of the screen naming the names of the dead soldiers and their ages. You know, Jason Ramirez, 21. Uh-huh. Tony Robinson, 21. Okay. And, and, and then the death count, constant, constant, constant. Obama was a, a elected. That went away. The daily, just like right now, we... And he continued the wars. Oh, Let, he escalated no He escalated them, yeah. You have that happening now with, with, with COVID. With, when Trump was in office, there was a lot of more death reporting. But Biden gets elected and it's all about, you know, the great recovery and the vaccines and... <clears throat> But the, the so we're being prepared to move on to something. Yeah, else. something's we're shifting, and so there. The, this uh, Bobby's brought up this Corona Circus article called "Acceleration and the New Accelerationism and the New World Order," which I think it's a good one to read if if you're interested. If you can stand some of the deep conspiracy well, theorist I think types, I it's really important. It's really important philosophy. I recommend people go to this website and start at the very first post. Yeah. And there's only about 15 of them, 15 or 20 over the last year and read them all because they're really insightful. And some of them I kind of have to, you have to put your thinking cap on your philosopher's cap. Some of them I have to just sort of scroll or summarize through, but there's some really there's some really uh, interesting and, and entertaining stuff in there. And I think I'm glad this voice is out there because. Um, it's the, important. The, 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 because it, there aren't many voices out there talking about things in this, in this way, especially in the mainstream and anybody in the mainstream who even touches on alternate views gets censored. Right. That's the big thing that's happened in the last year and a half is the censorship, right? So right. we've seen the consolidation of the power over the last 20 years in media, but but it, they didn't really clamp down on, yeah, the, di, on, on opposing voices the until last year. The 9-11 truthers were just made fun of, yeah. but they still had their their YouTube videos. They weren't, yeah, they, they like started that. deplatforming people in 2017, 2018. And now, like Alex Jones. And now it's a lot easier to deplatform people because of that consolidation. And the Capitol riot. Everything, you know, everybody who wanted an audience had to be on YouTube. They had to be on Facebook. You had to be on these two or three or four platforms. And so that makes it real easy to just pull the plug on those two or three or four platforms. And suddenly somebody is completely erased from the world. From 90, they're, they're gone. 95% of the... The, ch- the channel of information it's yeah when twitter when twitter facebook instagram when all these companies own each other and then they control 90 percent of the discussion you know the, the controllers can can live with that they can live with 10 percent of the people I mean, I still, not, not hearing them i still or not I, believing them I'll, I'll get onto youtube and you know there's the youtube algorithm and, and the subscriptions and you'll see a row or two of suggested videos based on that stuff based on your subscriptions and your viewing history and then there's a row of propaganda. And for the last year, it's been the truth about COVID, the truth about vaccines, ask an expert of our vaccines safe and Fauci's all over those. There'll be a whole row of some influencer interviewing Fauci 
and it's mm-hmm. it's it's remarkable propaganda. Yeah. See, I consider this an area of expertise that I have marketing propaganda uh, research on the conspiracy, having lived through the last twenty years and been and been paying close attention to it for like fifteen. I feel very comfortable in saying, stating unequivocally that what you are seeing in the mainstream, like your your network outlets, your local TV station, anything owned by that upline, anything connected to that chain, is pure, unmitigated, unadulterated, 100% pure, you know, I'm thinking of a drug movie now, cocaine, right? It's, it's, it, it is pure and simple propaganda. It's the, it's the strong stuff. It's the good stuff. Like, this is like, you know, knock you back on your, if it were a drug, it would be the, the overdose stuff, the knock you on your butt stuff. This is what we're dealing with right now. And the Corona Circus guys commentary, I think is now more than ever important because they say, they say in this article, they say, it's time to repeat something important. We have insisted a lot in pre, he's, he says, it's time to repeat something important that we have insisted a lot upon in previous posts. When propaganda mouthpieces publish a narrative, the first thing to do is to ask these questions. Who is telling me this? Why are they telling me this? And why are they telling me this now? That ultra critical, very, very important that we recognize that what we're being told could have nothing to do with the actual reality and that there are ulterior nefarious motives at play. And so we must ask who, why, and why now? And, and, and that's what, like, and he, that's what we want to talk about today. And he touches on a few things that we're being told right now. He starts with, um, he starts out with talking about crypto and digital currencies and draws attention to an, an economist, the economist cover from January 9th, 1988. It said, get ready for a world currency. And then the economist cover of May 8th, 2021 says gov coins, the digital currencies that will transform finance. And if you follow the crypto world, you know that the Bitcoin, which is sort of the, the king of crypto is there's a lot of talk of it being regulated or taken over or eliminated. And it's an interesting, uh, there's, there's no way in my mind that the central planners, the oligarchy is going to, are going to let Bitcoin or any crypto unless they own it, become what the crypto people want it to become unless they own it. No, no, no. Okay. I I cut you off there because you were making a very important cogent statement, what the, which was well, that, that there is no way that the oligarchy will allow Bitcoin to become what the crypto people want it to be, which is on its face, without qualification, accurate. That's a, that is a correct statement. And what statement. do the crypto folks want it to become? A safe, free, alternative, free, not trackable, right. anonymous private, currency. Private currency. That's what they want. And you're right. There's no way that they will allow it to become that. But there's no way that they will allow it to become the dominant currency unless they own it. And perhaps they started it. That's the thing is we don't know. We don't have a full. Really where Bitcoin came from. Right. It could have been started by the NSA. It's based upon the one of the uh, uh, security algorithm that, that the NSA created called the, I think it's the SHA hash. 
So you have you have mainstream news about cryptocurrency and digital currencies, and that's something that you know. Here comes the name again. Bill Gates has talked a lot about a one-world currency, <clears throat> a digital universal currency. Now, there's some huge problems with the digital currency, and I don't know how deeply you want to get into that, but the number one problem that comes to my mind is that your currency, your money, can be turned on and off for any arbitrary reason. <clears throat> If we've learned anything this last year, we know that <clears throat> we know that talking causes a lot of throat clearing. Dude, are you is it safe for me to be in the room with you? Is it possible that you have a bat-induced allergy last that's night that's contagious that kills last the night same I number had, of people that have the seasonal flu? Last night I ate bat soup really? that I got from a Wuhan wet market. Really? Was that d- delivery DoorDash? Yeah. Like an inter- you think I'm going to go out and inter- a- intercontinental you think, DoorDash? You think I'm going to go outside during a pandemic? So you ordered this what two weeks ago and then got it flown over? Yeah. Okay. Was it? Did a Chinese guy deliver it on a bike? Um, no, I don't think so. I I didn't. I don't know who I. I just had him. I had a note on the door. Leave on porch. Oh, because you didn't want to talk to him. Well, you can't. There's a pandemic, Jordan. Okay. <laughs> he can put I'm his sorry. life at risk so I can have my soup. This is so how he it was works. At, so you put some Chinese dude at risk out in the open air from here to Shanghai to Wuhan. I'm essential. All for your bat soup. I'm essential. Okay. He's not essential. I'm essential. Okay. Well, I, I think that I... Look, I don't know if that guy's not essential, but I would agree you're definitely essential. <laughs> Although we're going to be One mis- of the we're thing, going to look, be missing you in we're June. We're making we're, we're making light of something that I we've touched on and it's still something that really really bothers me and that's the way that we put we were willing to to divide our society up by class and put the burden and risk on people who work in the service industry to keep us comfortable so we could stay safe and save lives in our homes. Like, it's obscene what we did. It's obscene. And, and it's like the, the ruling class, the elites, the academics, and everybody else who could just comfortably work from home just shrug their shoulders and, oh, well. Oh, well. The DoorDash driver can risk getting COVID. Yeah, and the food that I'm eating that I ordered out with, there's no way that could be contaminated. Right, right. It's all so stupid. Y- nobody in restaurants ever touches their face or... Y- it was so hilarious when you'd have a, a server at a restaurant with a mask and gloves on and they were all, I mean, there was so much more nose and mouth touching and, and, and gathering of uh, bacteria and viruses because they kept have to adjust their masks. I mean, the fact that they're wearing gloves has nothing to do with anything. When you touch your mask right. with your gloves and, touch and then touch the food. Things around the restaurant and equipment. It was worse. And and That's the thing. It was worse. It was 10 times worse. It's all, And so it's, it, it, it's, it's unsurprising that the CDC comes out with a study recently and says that surface spread, your chance of contracting COVID from surface spread is only 1 in 10,000. Because if it was any more than 1 in 10,000, we'd all be dead because of the restaurant servers touching their faces with right. their gloved hands. That goes back to the power of this propaganda. 
I mean, we we somehow made it okay in our brains that we needed to lock down and stay in our home and stay home and save lives unless we needed to go to Walmart or Home Depot or Target or McDonald's or any other number of places. But we were staying home and we were saving lives. I mean, I I went to grocery shopping and, and during all this, the grocery stores were packed because guess what? People need food. <laughs> and I remember, you know, the, the University of Utah conducted a study, and I'm doing air quotes. Air quote study. A study. It's more of a survey. A propaganda study. Where they, they concluded that masks improve the economy because people feel more safe out there shopping uh, because of the mask mandates. And they feel more safe because everyone's going to be masked up at the grocery stores. And I thought, No. That's absurd. People need food. That's why they're at the grocery stores. And people will adapt. If if the propaganda had been everybody to stay safe, you need to do a cartwheel at the doorway. They would have done it. Every grocery store. They would have done it because guess what? People need food. And as much as we like to talk about the delivery stuff, that's not a very practical solution for everybody. Because one, it costs more money. And people's incomes are limited, okay? I know that some of the people that live in the ivory towers that supported all this stuff, like Dr. Angela Dunn, who famously, well, not very famously, no one really listened to her, but <laughs> who recommended, you know, she was recommending her favorite takeout delivery places without any seemingly realization that there was people on the other end of these deliveries. Coughing and spitting into her food. I hope so. <laughs> Guaranteed, touching their faces and then touching her food, touching gloved hands, touching faces, gloved gloved hands, touching masked faces, and touching her food. Right. It's like the kid, you know, when your kids. It's an absurdity akin to when your kids don't want their food touching it, other food. Like mm-hmm. they'll have beans and yeah, chips or something, and yeah. they don't want the food to touch. And you say to them. When it gets in your stomach, it's all going to be touching, and they're like, like they're like, oh, but they don't I don't want to think about that. They don't, I don't have to they, taste they, it. I, I don't know. I've said that to my kids, and they, and they like almost universally they ignore. They like to put that out of their mind. They don't want to think about the fact that it's touching in their tummies. I don't mind food touching if it's the same category. But if I'm going to have a salad with a dinner. I want that salad on its own plate. I don't want my salad mingling with mashed potatoes. Really? Well, mashed potatoes are warm. A salad is cold. I had once an idea that I could invent a an oatmeal bowl that would keep your milk cold and your oatmeal hot and you only like it's like a two-tiered bowl where you would keep the milk on the top or let's see. I can't remember exactly I think I solved this by just having two bowls <laughs> and then dipping the, the warm oatmeal in the cold milk. But yeah, I had a strategy to keep the milk separate. And I think the milk was on, on the bottom. Now I'm just, I can't remember because now I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I could see be- the benefits of doing the milk on the top or the bottom. And then you, you only pull the, the oatmeal in when you're ready to, to eat it. That keeps it cold. And, and then you get the cold, hot thing going together. Cause there's something about, Oatmeal with brown sugar, maybe sprinkle some chocolate chips in there with cold milk, but everything else is melty. Hmm. 
It's pretty good stuff. I'd keep pursuing that bowl idea because if this doesn't work out, if the podcast doesn't work out for us, I might need to need a backup plan. Yeah, get a day job. Speaking of backup plans, do you think? I don't know what the law firm that Spencer Cox used to work for, but do you think that they hire felons? I don't know. I'm now. I'm thinking of a double. My other strategy was a double decker salad, (laughs) not salad plate, picnic plate, because you know when you get like a Fourth of July picnic, you need more room. Mm-hmm. So if you could just like, like transformers, right, and then you flip it out, and then it's got like little stilts or something. So now you've got a plate on top of a plate, and you can continue onward down the line with. This could solve your your mashed potato, and salad problem. But anyway, sorry. What did you tell? Me, what did you just ask me? I just wondered if <laughs> you you know we're talking about backup plans. I wondered if I wondered if the law firm that. Oh, Spencer Cox's Spencer law firm. Spencer Cox used to work for before By the he way. became a politician. I, I just wondered if... So he's an attorney? Yeah, a that recovering a attorney. That that's, how he, no. that's how he describes it. Recovering attorney. I just wondered <laughs> he's if they not hire... recovering from anything. If they hire felons, if, he need, you know, if, if he's going to look, be looking for a job soon, if, if they hire felons. I, I was talking to a friend last night who listens to the podcast, and we determined that when you're gone, I'm going to need to have a timer set so that every 15 minutes we can take a stab at Spencer Cox. So <laughs> while you're gone, in honor of Bobby Flood, well, it'll be like ding, 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 and I'll, and I'll say, and Spencer Cox. Well, you know, it's interesting because I, I don't want to care about Utah politics. I thought you were going to say you didn't want to leave the podcast, but... <laughs> well, I'm not going to leave permanently, unless okay. it just goes so well without me that I get voted off the island, but... <laughs> Before COVID, I honestly paid very little attention to local politics. It just, you know, I have better things to do. And I also was kind of in the mindset of, ah, oh, they're, they're conservative Republicans. They'll, they're not going to screw things up too badly. But they have been screwing things up really badly. And they're not conservative Republicans. And right, they haven't been they're for statists. a long time. That's the, that's the thing. But during, it was, it was really going into the fall last year where I started paying attention when they started trying to cancel holidays and tell us that our love for one another is spreading a virus. And when they made it illegal to visit friends and family, they made it illegal to visit friends and family. Okay. Remember that governor Herbert and Cox as Lieutenant governor, made it illegal via executive order to visit your neighbor. That's is, what put me over the edge. <coughs> that's when I started watching the press conferences, and that's when I realized that Angela Dunn was a, was a programmed robot that I'm still not even sure is a real human. I think, you know, remember that show Small Wonder in the 80s? Yeah, yeah, she's a I, robot. I'm wondering if the little robot girl is actually... Angela Dunn. She's grown up now and is a robot woman who is programmed to be a <laughs> epidemiologist. The, it was the robot from Small Wonder. <laughs> and now she's She only has like 30 programmed phrases. Stay home, save lives. Yeah. The vaccine is safe and effective. Safe and effective. Safe and effective. Ah, she's short she's now. She's malfunctioning. Again. Yeah. Well, no, that that's the whole again, the whole premise of the the series X-Files was that the government has in place mechanisms that they think are important for what they call continuity of government. 
so that in, a, in an emergency situation, they take over and do whatever they want. And so that's why you need an emergency. There, there is no, I've, I've said this before on the podcast, there's no freedom that we have that they can't invent an emergency to take away that freedom for. Right. And remember the text of the First Amendment. You were just saying they made it illegal to associate with each other. It says that Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion, prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or the press or the right of the people to peaceably assemble. What do you think it is to get together with your friends and your family in groups of more than six? Right. That's called peaceable assembly. That's a, that, that's a, a right that was enshrined in the Bill of Rights because the people, the convention, the convention of, the conventions of the states having at the time of their adopting the Constitution expressed a desire in order to prevent misconstruction or abuse of its powers decided that further declaratory and restrictive clauses needed to be added. That's the preamble to the Bill of Rights. The whole purpose of the Bill of Rights was so that they couldn't misconstrue the Constitution or abuse their powers that were vested, not seated, but vested in the government. That's, that's the premise upon which American society is built, is this idea that we give the government temporary authority or power, or we vest. The, it's like uh, this great uh, constitutional teacher that I mentioned before in the program. His name was Stephen Pratt. He passed away a few years ago. And I wanna, I'm going to have to link to his uh, series of lectures on the Constitution. It's called the Know Your Liberty series. Uh, anyway, he would get out these red vests that he somehow either borrowed or stole or, or was given from Ace Hardware in his presentation. And he would, he would grab people out of the audience and he would put a red vest on them. And he would say, he would say did I, can I take this vest away? Can I, do I now have to listen to them because they're wearing the red vest? Is there nothing we can do about the fact that they've been vested, quote unquote? And, uh, it's a good illustration. These are vested powers. These are not, this, we do not have to put up with this. If we, if we were not propagandized so adequately, Americans wouldn't put up with this. Right. It was a, I think I mentioned to you, you know, before we start recording these conversations, you know, these conversations originated with long walks through the neighborhood. <laughs> right. We were taking walks because we were concerned in some way about the optics or, you know, the potential for <laughs> well, it was, a way it was to good to get a way to get out and get take out walks, because yeah. you know we weren't supposed to be leaving our homes at the time and and uh, associating with people that weren't in our household. You know, I read this the the, the that executive order from Herbert came in, around, right around Thanksgiving, if I remember right, and they tried to cancel Thanksgiving in your homes, but they didn't cancel or restrict commercial Thanksgivings, meaning you could go to a restaurant and <clears throat> you could go to a buffet and... Play the whole charade of the mask and the well, social distancing. Right, and plenty of people the did idea that. that none of the idea that none of the, none of the uh, waiters or waitresses are actually touching their faces with well, their gloved well, hands. Again, the waiters and waitresses are lower-class people who, who live to make upper-class people comfortable... And so it's okay for them to mask up and to serve me my nice meal. After they've touched their face with their gloved hands. Right. It's okay for that. If they, if they die from this once-in-a-lifetime virus, oh, well, I got my, I got my meal. Right. And it's worth it because they're, they're less than me. 
Would I make a good bureaucrat, epidemiologist? I don't think you would make a good bureaucrat, but you would make a good um, public hypocrite. <laughs> so a doctor. So a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> An actor. Hey, good doctor. You would doc- make a good actor. Good, do you- do- good doctors out there that hearing this understand I'm... I'm no, there's of, tons I'm of good doctors of out there. Tons of good doctors out there. But did you know that the word hypocrite... Yeah, we've talked about this. It, it comes, comes from, from it actor. comes from acting. Yeah, it's uh, let's see. The Greek is well, it's pretending uh, to be something you're not. Hypocrisy, they play a part, pretend. It's like pretending you're a recovering attorney, <laughs> or you're a conservative Republican. Pretending you're a conservative Republican, yeah. Well, this propaganda is. It's why you know back in the beginning of this episode i said I've, we've never seen anything like this because even in the 9-11 era we never saw we never saw the widespread censorship we never saw we never saw local county health department weirdos echoing the cdc and the who and big tech and big government and pharmaceutical companies like it, it's all in uniform it's they're all saying safe and effective, safe and effective. Yeah. <clears throat> and the question I think we need to do, we, we should probably, well, we should probably try to answer those three questions. The why are they telling me this? Who's telling me this? And why are they telling me now? But to continue on with what are they telling me now? We talked about the digital and the cryptocurrency. Yeah, the Corona Circus guys came up with three different things. And by the way, they get into numerology. They, they point out that the two... Um, Economist articles or covers about world currency or cryptocurrency were published 33 years and 119 days apart. Now, numerology is sort of a squishy subject, in my opinion. You number reduction, gematria, you can make these numbers say a lot of things, but it's fun. It's interesting. I don't know a ton about it, but it's interesting. Yeah, they're. <laughs> I was going to make a comment that I can't make here on this program. The Corona Circus guys and other people have pointed out, and I think it's accurate, that the oligarchy is into the occult. They are into the esoteric, and they are into numbers and symbolism. And so it does mean something to them, but don't take it too far, right? Right. You can take it really far, and the the dates or the or the distances, I think those those matter in certain circumstances. 911, 9 and 11 or 911, those are numbers that matter to the occult. 33, 322. You can almost say that every number matters, but you do see a lot of these numbers show up. And September 11th, 2001 was definitely a 911 event and it was perhaps until coronavirus the single most important event in modern history because of the shift going on from freedom to Fascism, freedom to statism. Right. Did you ever see that documentary by a guy named Aaron Rousseau called Freedom to Fascism? I want to say yes. That was out, you know, say 10 years ago, and I haven't seen it get much play lately. I think I've seen some of it, if not the whole thing. It's funny because he goes and was, I think his intent was to do a documentary on the tax protest movement. And like the Tea Party kind of. Yeah. He, I can't remember if he was skeptical of it at first, but he ended up interviewing some people at the IRS about 
that they wanted to maintain that our tax system was voluntary, that you didn't actually have to pay the income tax. <laughs> like he was asking these questions and not getting the answers he expected. Well, there's, it's, it's all voluntary, Jordan. Well, no, like Harry Reid is on record saying that. Like the, yeah, it's one, all voluntary. The spokesman for the IRS was saying the it was voluntary. The consequences aren't. Yeah. But it's like the, the vaccine. You don't have to get the vaccine. You just won't be able to participate in society. Any, anyway, Aaron Rousseau died shortly after that. I'm not sure if that was related or... So there's always... There's nothing except <laughs> coincidences. Yes. <laughs> so no, we've, been moving, we've been moving to uh, corporate oligarchy full-on statist control. Well, I think, I think right now, um, for, you know, very quickly in the last I think 20 years. Google may have more power than, than the federal government in certain circles, in certain ways. I mean, that Google has the power to amplify any voice they want or destroy any voice they want, silence any voice. Same with Apple and Microsoft and Facebook, Twitter. You know, Facebook and Twitter are interesting because they're publicly traded companies and they, they have like... Their stock is worth a lot of money, and I've always wondered why. Because they don't produce anything. Well, of course they do produce our data. They steal from us, or what we give them willingly, and they turn around and and you know sell that, turn it over to the governments. But these are powerful, powerful companies because they can promote any idea that they want and create and turn it into mainstream they can create truth or what is perceived as truth well he who who controls the information controls the world i think orwell said he who controls the past controls the future the 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 information is hyper critical being able to be the speakers the, the the teller of information the authoritative sources is is ultra critical in the in the quest for control of the world, and it and it always has been, because it always starts in the mind. the The prison starts in the mind. The actions start in the mind. Well, every, viruses start in the mind. Every war is an info war. Yeah. Well, another thing we're being told right now, and we touched on this recently, is uh, aliens. Aliens are are going mainstream. Yeah, and this shows up in the Corona Circus article. They talk about the uh, cryptocurrency and then the aliens. They get into, they spend a lot of time talking about the aliens and they talk about the vaccine stuff going on. And then they talk about how acceleration of the radical change is necessary to finally cement it, right? So you, you've got this period where it seems like we're all being rational, right? Like that space aliens don't exist. And then all of a sudden they shift and then they accelerate the narrative and all of a sudden they do exist, right? That's, and that's what we're seeing right now. There's a ton, a ton of mentions of UFOs. And From, like, we're talking about Bar- mainstream like Barack mainstream Obama sources. is yeah. out there saying stuff about aliens in yeah. 60 minutes and you know yeah mainstream news outlets and they're, they're definitely trying to uh normalize alien talk which three months ago was the the it was a flat earther category yeah right crazy a- conspiracy theory conspiracy theories misinformation and lies 
Right. Disinformation, misinformation. So what, what do you think? Okay, so, so you've got... Well, and we, we've seen an acceleration also of apocalyptic movies. I watched one last night, Greenland, with uh, Gerard Butler. Is that the guy that plays in 300? I believe so. Yeah, he's a Scottish actor. He's he's a good uh, man's man. He plays in the the movies Angel has fallen, Olympus has fallen, all the all the protect the president movies. I don't know if you've seen those. Those are pretty much your standard action movie. <laughs> right. But the this one about uh, he I just saw the other day Greenland is one where there's an asteroid hitting the earth and they try to flee to these government run bunkers in Greenland. But there's there's been a ton of apocalyptic literature, an explosion of that, I think, in the last thirty years. We had the the asteroid movies in the nineties, right? Was it well, Armageddon and Deep Impact? We had uh, this got lost in all the COVID hysteria last year. We had a asteroid scare last summer, wasn't it? Last summer. It was a scare, wasn't it? They there said was, there was going to be an asteroid that passed really close. Yeah, and it, they, there was, was a small it? chance it could impact us. I guess Greenland was a comet movie, not an asteroid. They make a big deal of differentiating differentiating right. between a comet and an asteroid. And and just like most of these movies, the government has a plan, and they save only selected people. Right. And then you you have to flee to the government bunker because all the rest of the life on the planet is wiped out. Yeah, they're not going to save the Uber drivers and the burger flippers. They're going to save the, the like, scientists. Yeah, this guy's like a structural a, engineer. Maybe they'll grab a musician or two because they need to, Culture. Te- need to teach some other people how to play the cello while the ship's going down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all these, you know, the, the eugenicists are all the same, and they're all predictable, and they all want the same thing. They want a, a world, a small world filled with only people that think and act like them and this wuhan lab theory is interesting because if the sars-cov-2 was manipulated it's possible that they could design it to only kill old people because that's really who it's only killed old sick people see i don't even want to concede that point because i think that fear is a factor. There was a television oh, I, show about that, by the way. Yeah, Joe Rogan was the <laughs> host. But I think that fear is a factor and that anxiety and spirit factors into uh, our existence sure. here. And they, and I am famous for having dissected, I keep to- tooting my own You're horn famous? here, for, on this podcast, <laughs> for having dissected You're the, the CDC's numbers. the second most popular host of this podcast. I know, Totally. Out of all the hosts, I am so far the second most popular. After June, I might have to reassess that but because uh, I might be in a third or fourth position. <laughs> but no, like you didn't want to get into the numbers. I remember sending you the data and, you're, and I'm like, hey, look at this. It, is an Excel, it was in an Excel spreadsheet and you're like, yeah, I don't do Excel spreadsheets or something like that. And so I, I had to, look do, I had to draw a graph and then you were like, I don't know. Can you boil it? No, <laughs> I think you like the graph, but <laughs> I think we have that graph on our very it's on, I think first, our first podcast episode, right? and it's, it's not totally accurate because it was only data as of like December 5th. But the point is 
<clears throat> I got into, I'm famous for having gotten into the data and, and analyzed the data in a statistical actuarial fashion. And there is what we would consider to be abnormal levels of death this year or last year, higher than what we would have expected, but it's not that much higher. And it could be explainable by factors other than COVID, especially when the CDC famously, and I mean famously, put out that data that explained that 96% or 94% of the people who died with COVID, not of COVID, but they want to say, say they, die, they died because of COVID. And with, we now with, know... What that means is within 60 days of a positive PCR test. Right. They had, on average, 2.6 comorbidities that contributed to their death. And, and again, last week we talked about the flip-flopping now where they, they want to use the, the actual reverse of that logic of with or of relative to vaccines, that if you have a reaction, it's, it's not because of the vaccine, it's just that you had a vaccine. Keep in mind, too, you know. that people who were sick in the hospital were being tested regularly, which almost would guarantee that if they were in there with a terminal illness, that they were going right. to at some point die within 60 days of a test because they were being tested weekly in some cases I've read about. But anyway, I want to attribute the deaths to the state because they locked down, they locked a bunch of people in nursing homes, they scared everybody to death. Okay. Right. They no, scared, I'm with you. I agree. Scared all those people to death. So I don't think that this was really even engineered to kill people. I think it might have, maybe it slipped out. I think they're getting impatient. I think that I really do think the controllers, the oligarchy, has a time frame, and they're getting impatient with taking over the world here. Thus, the killing people off accelerationism, and and they can't. Yeah, they can't do it with a virus. I think there's some sort of a universal sort of a biological speed limit there, kind of like the speed of light speed limit in physics that says you can create a virus, but it's either going to be super deadly and not very communicable because it burns the host out fast, or it's going to be not very deadly and really, really contagious well, because then it can spread. I think that's why... And that's, that's typical of all viruses. I think that's why we still exist as a species. Yeah. That's just typical of, of sicknesses in the world. You know, Ebola kills people, but it, it doesn't spread very far because right. it kills people quickly. What I was saying, though, is eugenicists, one of their favorite pastimes is to kill off old people. Well, that's why they locked them all in nursing and, homes. And I think that this was, whether the virus was engineered to kill only old people or not, like you said, this was a mass casualty event for people over 80 for various reasons. And the eugenicists love that because the old people are useless. And we've seen that. Was it? Well, the the was it Logan's Run where they send the old people? And I think what are the old people like thirty five in that movie or book? I don't think I've seen Logan's Run. There's In Time with Justin Timberlake. Yeah. Remember that? That's one where the old you can't get very old or, or they at a certain in, age you um, start to die. The Giver. Yeah. They they kill off the old people. I, I there's a whole bunch of literature about. Yeah, it's a favorite pastime of yeah, the old people uh, dying. Once your once, time, once your time has come, then once you can't have kids anymore, or you're, you you reach an arbitrary point that society has decided upon, and then you're gone. And now, rather, rather than God, I don't know if it's um, it was part of the plan or not, but this has also been a mass casualty event for young people, for kids, not because of the virus, but for what all mean, kinds killing of, off their brains. 
Well, that, but also just men- mental health crisis is shooting through the roof for teenagers. There's been suicide ideation is up. Suicide attempts are up. You have basically, I mean, we've been somewhat sheltered from it here because our schools stayed open. And luckily we have enough parents that let their kids be with each other. I mean, my, my kids never stopped hanging out with their friends during all of this lockdown stuff. But in other places, even within the state, schools were closed and parents panicked so badly that that their kids spent a year in the basement on Zoom and Netflix and computer games and aren't even seeing grandma and grandma. It is destroying young people. It's th- This is, if, if it didn't kill a lot of people this year, it's a time bomb. What, the, what, what happened to society is setting the stage for mass. It is a weapon of mass destruction. Think about, we're, we're talking about a mind virus. The mind virus had been planted in millions, if not billions of kids around the world. Kids are being taught that, one, they are dangerous. That they present a danger to their parents and their grandparents. They're being taught that their parents and their grandparents present a danger to them. They're being taught that an unmasked face is a sinister, evil thing. They're being taught that human interaction is dangerous. That handshakes and hugs and sitting with friends and eating together and not being enclosed in a plexiglass prison is dangerous like there are kids who will never recover from this who will live their life d- just dysfunctional and i think that's going to lead to crime suicide illness all kinds of problems that we're mm-hmm. not going to see until three four ten twenty years down right the road. if we don't get a massive war or right. or some sort of a uh apocalyptic event where we get to run around and shoot people and loot the corpses as we've been programmed to do in video games. Right. By the way, on this Corona Circus article, now not not to take away from any of your rambling, but I wanted to do some other rambling over here. I'm a rambling Because we're man. getting we're getting to the we got to get back to the point of the podcast, which is to talk about the three questions. But on this Corona Circus article, there's a great meme or a comparison between it, it, it in in and of itself. It's a meme, but it's more a graphic that they put on there where they post side-by-side, a CDC tweet next to the NPC meme. Getting a COVID-19 vaccine is an important tool to help stop the pandemic. More on how viral vector COVID-19 vaccines work at this link. Okay, but if you know anything about the NPC meme, the non-player character meme, there's a a gray face that they use, and the CDC is using the same face almost... But the, but the face has a mask on it, but the eyes and the nose are clearly the same. And then it's a woman. It's got some hair. But they, they literally are using an NPC meme guy to get the vaccine. That's awesome. I wonder if they... Th- that's got to be on purpose. I don't, and then it says, you may have some side effects, which are normal signs that your body is building protection. Right. Like when you catch a coronavirus and you get the sniffles or you get some symptoms... When you have massive blood clots, what is that? What is what what is your body building protection from? Uh, aborted fetus tissue, fetal tissue. I don't know. Uh, mercury. What what else is in the vaccines? No, I saw an ad since deleted on Twitter. It said the only thing in the vaccines was a little sugar, fat, and a spiked protein. <laughs> That's a total lie. 
<laughs> if you, it reminds me of the the government ad campaign a few years ago, which Saturday Saturday Night Live brilliantly lampooned. But there was a commercial, and we could probably find it online, where the government the the government produced the corn lobby, which is huge, produced this propaganda that high fructose corn syrup was healthy because it comes from vegetables. And there was these moms at a party. <laughs> Having this conversation, like, I can't believe you give your kids soda. It has high fructose corn syrup. Oh, you probably heard a bunch of lies about high fructose corn syrup. It comes from vegetables, and it's all natural. And it it, it didn't last very long because it got a lot of pushback, and it's also a lie. High fructose, high fructose corn syrup is poison. It's terrible for your body. And so we'll post, if we can find them, we'll post both both the original commercial and the Saturday Night Live parody. But people, friends, listeners, friends, that's that's Spencer Cox speak right there. Friends. Countrymen. We are Ru- being, Russians. We're, we're being heavily propagandized all the time, and we have to learn to recognize that. And I didn't always do that. I didn't always recognize it. I still don't always do it because I think we're willing to overlook it when we agree with what's being said. If we agree that the vaccines are safe and effective. Well, it's more than that. Like uh, people love to get on board their favorite righteous cause and then beat each other over the head with it like a stick. And this was the point of Huxley's comments at Berkeley in the 60s that Alex Jones included in the documentary Endgame. I guess I got to find a link to Endgame for the listeners. The first half of the, the documentary Endgame, done in 2007, is kind of kind of slow. He talks about the Bilderberger Group, but at the time, people didn't really believe the Bilderberg Group existed, and so they had to expose it and, and spend a lot of time saying, no, the Bilderberg Group does exist. Here's evidence of it. Here we are at their meeting. Here are the people that, that are meeting here. We're, they were filming them on camera, and it had been... It, it's a meeting... The Bilderberg Group, if you're not aware of it, it's a, it's a meeting that is um, held every year by world elites, kind of like the World Economic Forum people. They have multiple multiple organizations like the Council on Foreign Relations, the World, world Economic Forum, the, all the non-governmental organizations, the charities or whatever. Foundations. foundations. But the Bilderberg Group is like one of the top level secret meetings that happens every year. And it's been happening since either the 50s or the 60s. And they call it the Bilderberg Group because it was held first at a hotel named Bilderberg. It's Bilderberg or Bilderberger? I can't remember. Bilderberger, Bilder, I think. Bilderbear? Is that burger joint. <laughs> that should be one. You could make it... The Bilderbear Group? Bilderberger restaurant, and you could have a, like um, all the... You could have all-seeing eye decorations. You could have... You could, yeah, you can either build your own of, burger or you can have... One of those conspiracy burgers. Yeah, you could get like you could get the nine eleven truth burger, the Klaus Schwab burger. <laughs> I don't think that one would taste very good. It's it's charred. The whole <laughs> the whole burger. It's a sustainable patty that's burnt. Yeah, you could have like the you Soylent, have sustainable meat. You could have the Soylent Green burger. <laughs> this is made from a, it's a, aborted humans. <laughs> it's people. <laughs> Spoilers. Okay, wait. Now hold a second here. Let's. Do a business plan around this because I think this could go bonkers. If it weren't the, a restaurant, the like, restaurants could all be pyramids, like actual pyramids. We can't actually do the restaurant. We should make it a pyramid scheme and sell the franchises. Yeah, we could do that. 
But I, I, I want to be the one to name and design the burgers, the flavor, the pre-made ones. Well, that's why we need a franchise yeah. because you, we can't have the underlings thinking about it. Right. They just give us money and do all the work and make us wealthy and put a bunch of burger joints out there. So you can right. you can totally. I'll There's let another you another backup plan if the bull doesn't. I will work. let you be the artist. Um, but I get to own ninety percent of the company. You can have royalties on ten percent of it. Royalties on it. Well, we'll have to negotiate. You can have a percent. You can have a percentage of the. Dude, this is how it works we'll have in to Bilderberger. Off, off. This is how it works <laughs> at Bilderberger. Look, my if you if you think you're going to negotiate on this, you can negotiate with my jackbooted thugs. Okay. Uh, all right. Okay. I kind of feel like we're, you're pulling a Bill Gates on me. You're taking something and monetizing it that is open source. What? Burgers? Yeah, burgers. Are I own the copyright on burgers. <laughs> I'm sure you were not aware of that, but I thought this I have city, a world worldwide I, a I, worldwide copyright I, on hamburgers. I thought the city of Hamburger. Nope. Hamburg. I bought it. Germany. I purchased you, you the city. You bought Hamburg, Germany? In, you, in 1967, my father purchased Hamburg, Germany. Wow. Why don't you live there? Well, that's not the only city we own. That reminds me of a video game story, but I'm not going to go into it. Okay. City building <laughs> game that was... Anyway. Enough of that. had a lot of... Co- I don't think you like the tangent. Looting cor- corpses. Yeah, I don't think you like the tangent where I'm in charge. Um, <laughs> my family money is it's, in charge. It's like uh, Dwight when in the office when Dwight has his like... He ends up owning the building they live in? Well, he's, he's playing a video game. they work in? He's playing a video game, which is a real video game called Second Life, which is sort okay. of a... a you you do normal kind of things, but there's, and he recreates his life like identical to his normal real life, except he can he puts fly. it in the video game. <laughs> yeah, so it, it, and I think it's the same episode. And Jim is like, maybe it's not the same episode, but Jim asks him what his dream job is, and he's like, he wants to run hell, <laughs> a hotel from hell or something. And Jim's like, well, okay, well, what would be your dream salary? And Dwight's like. In my ideal world, I would make $80,000 a year. And Jim's like, really? Really? That, isn't that, that makes you happy? Isn't that kind of close to what you get now? Like, that's pretty attainable. <laughs> like, that's your dream salary? $80,000. <laughs> and I might be conflating some episodes, but it's like Dwight doesn't have very... Uh, his aspirations are different than the rest of ours. His aspirations are quite practical. Yeah. Well, he he understands that it's not about the money; it's about control. Well, and then when and what does he do when he? I when think he, I could get along with Dwight. Go ahead. When he thinks he's the new manager of the branch, remember he he paints the walls in the his office black so people are afraid when they go in there. <laughs> he's in the middle of painting that, and when Michael Scott walks back in, he's like, "What are you doing to my office?" He's like, "It's my office," and he's like, "Get out! I'm I'm back. I'm, I'm, I'm get, get out." <laughs> But he immediately becomes this becomes this tyrannical dictator. Okay, now we've gone so far off on a tangent here that I can't remember. We were talking about the NPC meme. Yeah, and, and there's question the three questions. Okay, right? let's answer the questions. Okay, we've talked a little bit about what what they're telling us. Well, who who is it, right? So the who first is, one is they, right? Who is telling me this? Okay, and remember, the reason these guys bring it up now is because now it's no longer about Stay home, stay safe. 
it's it's aliens and get the vaccine. That's what the yeah, Corona or to, Circus or guys. Or to put are. it in the in the phraseology of the Utah coronavirus propagandists, and this is a phrase they've used a lot. It's the vaccine is safe and effective. It's how we get our lives back. And the and the problem is people are taking their lives back without getting the vaccine, right? Or never. So we've seen several states in in the last week. We've actually seen more states come out with a lottery system, where you can join the lottery by getting a vaccine. Hillary I wonder Clinton, if people are getting vaccinated more than once to get into that lottery. Hillary Clinton tweeted that you need to get the vaccine to get your life back, and I and I responded. Of course, no one's going to see my response because there's. there's hundreds or thousands of responses but i said i'm glad to see you're admitting that you try to take our lives <laughs> but this is but it, you know it's funny but it's these guys really believe that they have authority over the way we live and that the way we live can be determined by the taking on of a, an experimental drug or anything else the precedent is set just like the lockdowns we can be locked. We'll be. We'll, we'll, we're going to get locked down again for something, and then they can now require us to do all kinds of songs and dances right. to quote get our lives back. So when they say who is telling me this, it's the Hillary Clinton's. It's it's the who. It's the H. The WHO is telling me this. Also, the CDC. The CDC. The President of the United States. Past presidents of the United States. And they're, the way they're telling you this is via the corporate mouthpieces, meaning the MSN, CBS, NBC, ABC, CNN, CNN Fox, Fox. All the, you know, the, you wouldn't, you know. Right. But remember, as we discussed earlier in the podcast, they're not the, um, the big daddies. It's right. the Twitter, Google, because right now, YouTube, right? For example, we made a point that right now on YouTube, which was supposed to be for us, for the people to post their stuff, right? And that's what made it so popular. Now it's pretty much just a shill for corporate media, right? Like if you look up new, anything news-related, you're going to see CBS, NBC, ABC. So so they're yeah, working in concert. Results. Yeah, they're working in concert together to make sure that their information stays in front of the public. So that's the who. The who is the oligarchy. The oligarchy is, you name it, the Gettys, the Rothschilds. The Vatican, the Queen, and Colonel Sanders. Right. We've we've linked to that. And some and a bunch of little players that are desperate to get approval from the Fingle the, the Fingle Dingles, the the oh, yeah. Dr. Wens. These guys are so silly. They're just so over the top. I can't believe anybody's paying attention. And and in my mind, they, they're not even they're just useful idiots. They're paid a little bit of money. And their their accounts, you know, their social media accounts are amplified to so fear and distrust. And I think they're Overton window type. So they're so over the top that then they don't go quite so far. And it's like, well, good thing they didn't listen to Fingle Ding and and their their when. disposable birdcage liner. Exactly. Well, it looks like Bill Gates is kind of disposable Bill Cage or Bill Cage <laughs> birdcage liner. Also. He's done. I mean, he he's he's done as an effective or useful voice of vaccine propaganda. You know, he's also tried to be a climate alarmist, but I don't think they're going to use him for that. But he was useful for the pandemic. They don't need him anymore. They're flushing him down the toilet. Are they really flushing him? Well, maybe not literally. 
Well, that's not what I mean, but I mean, are they really... <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, his reputation is, he is ruined. I guess I have not spent a lot of time on it. So there's they, been they associated ma- him with Epstein during the divorce thing? Well, worse, or is well, it out of the news cycle? Because, I mean, look at it's, Cuomo. It's a, Cuomo dodged the bullet, right? right but, the guy in New York, the, is it the governor, yeah, right? Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He has gotten away with it, and he's basically become Teflon because everybody else succumbed to the whole Me Too cancel culture thing. I mean, you got the, I think Weinstein, the, you got uh, Anthony Weiner in the same city, same state, right? Was Weiner the yeah. mayor or the governor? I think he was a... Or a aide or what a was he? senator or a congressman? I can't remember. It's pretty funny, though. That it's funny that his, his name's name Weiner. His Weiner. And <laughs> it's like, you can't make some of this stuff up. You can't make it up. Okay, but anyway, so Cuomo, do- Cuomo was able to successfully dodge the bullet. So how how come Bill Gates? But who he's is- also Cuomo. He's got a career still, but he's not being. Weiner's a state rep or was, and a convicted sex offender. He's not being trotted out onto these morning shows like he was. He's not. He's no longer being called a pandemic hero, like he was. Gates was on these shows regularly. He's he's done in the public eye now. I think everyone's hoping. It, He'll just forget it and go live in some mansion somewhere. Okay, so here's how we tell where 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 Bill Gates is at because you Google it, you type Bill Gates, and the top stories are Bill Gates Trust sold all its Apple and Twitter stock. Here's what it bought. Bill Gates seen wearing his wedding ring following news of divorce from estranged wife. Bill Gates hoped his friendship with sex offender Jeffrey Epstein would help him win the dot, dot, dot. Those are the top stories on Bill Gates. So it looks like he's still being jettisoned. Yeah, and there's other stories that describe parties with lots of, you know, uh, various inappropriate inappropriate acts. We'll just say that. It's a family-friendly place. But basically... Affair with an employee. Yeah, he's been accused of affairs, of... Bill Gates is carefully parties. carefully curated Greek carefully curated Greek image. His carefully curated geek image unravels in two weeks. Yeah, which is just so funny because I'm having I, a hard time imagine, imagining him as a carouser. Let's uh, remember, let's remember Bill Gates was public enemy number one in the late '90s for his monopolistic he, he behavior. He then created. He then created the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, where he pretended to give away lots of money, and he systematically bought up influence at all of these major news corporations, and they flipped this coverage on him and made him into a philanthropist. So what are you saying? His money's no good now? <clears throat> I think that's the there's question we're bigger, asking. There's a, why are they telling us this now? That's the right. We're, we're going back to the Corona yeah, Circus why are they te- questions. Well, I, I have a couple why theories. Now? I have a couple theories. The first theory is he said too much and was too, you know, his public image was eroding since last year when uh, he, he started saying things that were basically checking boxes off for, for conspiracy theorists, you know, stuff about digital IDs. Okay, but how is he any better than Klaus Schwab? Well, Schwab isn't on TV every week here in the United States. Okay. Klaus Schwab isn't a household name. Bill Gates is a household name. But okay. he's not any different, really. So I'm wondering if they Bill Gates, maybe accents. he was just saying too much. I'm wondering if somebody has to be the scapegoat for all of this. 
and they're going to make him one of them. Fauci may be one of them. Fauci's, I think, definitely going to be one of them. I think, um, so they, somebody's got to be held accountable. So maybe Gates, maybe Fauci, maybe maybe Cuomo comes back into the spotlight. Yeah, I'm just surprised they haven't, they haven't been able to get him yet. Like his, what, how many, like 8, 10, 12, 17, 23, 30? Not to mention 33 the, women have... Not to uh, mention all the people who he killed in... All the nursing, nursing home. homes, which yeah. is far more egregious than being yeah. a, a bumbling flirt. Yeah. So why are they telling me this with Bill Gates? I mean, I don't know yet, but those are my theories. Why are they telling us with the why are they telling this about us this about the Wuhan lab leak now? Why is even Fauci saying, Oh yeah, it's probable that it could have come from the lab, but I got nothing to do with it. Don't look at me. <laughs> that's my that's my Fauci. See, it's funny because I really have not listened to hardly any Fauci. I've read some of the statements, but a year and a almost a half into it. <laughs> There's a guy, a comedian on Twitter that does an amazing Fauci, and, and he just lampoons him, and it's great. What's his name? Uh, I'll look it up. Okay, while you're looking that up. Okay, so the Corona Circus questions super important why who is telling me this why are they telling me this and why are they telling me this now so the the other on on the one hand you have the vaccine propaganda ramping up right now but you've also got bill gates getting thrown under the bus and he's a huge vaccine proponent right he's like oh, is, yeah. is is it is it i mean do they want do they really want everybody to get vaccinated or are they recognizing that's not going to work I don't, and they're shifting to I honestly don't think war Bill with Gates China cares if anybody ever gets vaccinated. What he wants is people to governments to buy the vaccines because that makes him wealthy. You think so? Because he's a eugenicist like his his family's well, linked into Planned Parenthood. If you're going to he is a eugenicist. Meaning population if, control if person. If you're going to... If, you, if you're not into eugenics or not aware of what that really is, it just boils down to they want to get to depopulate the earth and that they've rebranded as climate change. The eugenicists... Sustainability. Yeah, the, 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 again, this is another important aspect of Alex Jones's Endgame documentary. In the second half, he talks about how the, the eugenicists from the first half of the 1900s rebranded in cli climate change. That's how they rebranded their movement. And climate change is an anti-human movement, if you think about it. Humans are bad. They're polluting. Therefore, we need less humans. Le you need less convenience. Le anything that well, is good for you is bad for the environment. That's the messaging behind... And sustainability is bad for you. It's messaging you, behind so coronavirus, too. Humans are bad, and we're making each other sick, and we need to stay away from each other, and a whole bunch of us should probably die. Right. They were very open about their intentions in the 1910s, 20s, 30s basically saying that they called, you know, undesirables need to be dead. You yeah. know, in, in the documentary, the, Alex had a clips from a propaganda movie produced in the 30s, I believe, that maybe the early 40s, I don't know, but it was uh, all about this woman who was trying to avoid getting sterilized by the state. And they, they have this court case playing out and her the the lawyers are t are saying oh no she's good she's nice she deserves to have children and and the judge is like no her brother's a degenerate their two brothers are in jail and she comes from bad blood and bad stock and right bam case closed sterilizer you know and the whole thing was about sterilizing people <laughs> 
and deci- deciding who reproduces. Even if you live alone, I would wear a mask in the house, especially in the shower, because frankly, droplets can make the way through the drain and come up through somebody else's toilet, infecting them <laughs> with COVID through the anus. Uh, ballpark in two to five to 20 years, we can start thinking about considering the idea of pondering the thought of conceptualizing the possibility of maybe perhaps reopening but probably not <laughs> i would avoid having any fun whatsoever in the near to far future oh my gosh that's that's amazing what's that guy's name <laughs> that is not actually dr fauci that is Someone called Tyler Fisher, and you can find him on Twitter at Ty the Fish, F-I-S-C-H. He, uh, he's been doing a lot of stuff like that, these, <laughs> these Dr. Fauci uh, parodies, and they're, they're, they're great. You uh, got to have a sense of humor during the end of the world. But see, the thing is, it's so close to what he's saying. That's, exactly, That's what makes it funny. That's exactly, it's exactly what, he's what he's saying. It's it's to consider, think about, pondering the possibility of conceptualizing in, in two to four years or but decades. Prob- but probably not. Exactly. I can't do the. You do the New Yorker. Well, this guy. Much this better. Guy, he's got the cadence and everything of Fauci yeah. down really well. Oh, so is that really? That's pretty close to how he talks, huh? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No wonder you're spending so much time on it. Okay. So why now? Why now? That's the big question. Well, if you, the, 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 the big three questions boils down to why now? Because what's on the table? Vaccines and space aliens. That's, yeah. that, that's, these guys are not wrong. Like literally you're seeing a shift in the narrative. It's vaccines or space aliens. Although you've got to throw out there the India outbreak, right? Are they, are they making a big deal out of the India outbreak? Let they, me just take a quick poll of Fox. It seems like they were... Yeah a couple of weeks ago, but cases and things in India have started to decline, I think. But, but you know, it, there's also, you got to have context. India is, it has more than a billion people that live there. India is also hit hard by the, the Gates vaccines. He's, he's been banned. His vaccines have been banned from India. So, so I'm, I'm just looking at uh, MSNBC compared to Fox here, and I'm not sure I'm seeing like a, a unified thing. I think maybe they're grasping for the next big story or the next big. I think, I think right now we're, what we're experiencing is sort of the eye of the storm. There's this calm where there's COVID fatigue. It's people, summer. People are sick of hearing about COVID. The numbers are all down. The vaccine... You know, people who want the vaccine can all get it. Or, and most of them, I think, who want it have already gotten it. And yeah, we're going into summertime. Things are reopening. You know, sports events are full capacity. Yesterday, yesterday, Phil Mickelson won the PGA Championship. He's the oldest player to win a major. It was in South Carolina. And there was... Th- People, thousands of people were following him. It was a pretty cool scene if you're into that. And at one point they kind of swarmed him and the crowd just swallowed him up and the security kind of lost control of it. Nobody was, (laughs) there was no malicious intent, but. Super spreader event. But right, see, but nobody even talked about that. Nobody even said, 
oh, wait two weeks, South Carolina will all be dead. You know, like they would have, say, a, a couple months ago or last year. Instead, people were saying things like, oh, it's so good to see crowds. So the so, COVID pandemic fear factory is closing down. Yeah. So what it, what it turns out that they've had great control over the public. But once the vaccine got out, they, they weren't they haven't been good enough convincing people that the vaccine matters as much as they wanted it to matter. That's where they've broken down is like people have too much in their in their minds from past understandings of vaccine prior to 2020 that vaccines work effective they're effective enough that if you have one you're okay and we don't you know so i I don't think you're only seeing team apocalypse or the or the the smaller the very vocal but small minority of pundits who are saying we really need to push this vaccine more and more and more and more like enough of it's been out of there the herd immunity thing's taken hold the people who are out there still on TV, like Wen, Dr. Wen, who we've mentioned, and she's a sociopath. They're sort of screaming into the wind now. They're starting to look even crazier, you know, because they're still saying kids need to be masked. Kids need to be masked until they can get vaccine vaccinated. And it's just like, you're not, yeah, you, they're not even screaming into the wind. They're in a, they're in a, they're in a small, closed off, soundproof room. Like nobody's listening to that anymore. All you have to do is turn on the TV and see that people aren't wearing their masks. People are gathering. You know, I did see a lot of masked people on TV at the NBA basketball game yesterday. But my understanding is that the NBA is still forcing masks and they had vaccinated only seating. So why now? Well, you could only you could only go to the game if you're vaccinated. Is that that's, what you're that's saying? my understanding? Which who's who was playing? The Utah Jazz versus the Memphis Grizzlies. Oh, so the Jazz now are requiring vaccinations. I that's I, we would have to confirm, and that game was here in Utah, and the Jazz lost. Um, but why now well they're moving into something next that's what this corona circus guy is talking about what kind of why why are they telling us these things and why now and he talks about accelerationism accelerationism he says the idea behind accelerationism is that radical change may be created by accelerating an existing system so much and to such an extent that its implosion may be brought about. Well, we've seen that over the last year with our financial system. Our financial system is being accelerated in the form of just an explosion of debt and money printing and inflation. I mean, the price of everything has gone up. You've probably noticed that in your own finances. So there's a lot of stress on everything. Every every major institution, I think, in the United States and really throughout the world is experiencing a great deal of stress. You know, we were told the hospital systems are overrun. They never really were, but that's the perception. But I think I don't think the idea is to collapse the hospital system. I think the idea is to collapse the financial system. That's the key to it all, right? We're not going to get a digital one world currency without the existing currencies collapsing completely. Yeah. Well, and then they can move in. 
It's like, <clears throat> okay, it's There's, been, we're, 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 we're due for a Spencer Cox jab. Okay. He tweeted the other day bragging about $90 million has been set aside to build a mental health research institution. And I just thought, okay, well, you helped create this mental health crisis over the last year, really accelerated an already existing problem in the state of Utah, which is mental health problems. So you accelerate this problem, and then you steal money from the victims of your crime through, via taxation, and then build this thing to supposedly fix the problem you created. And that's the famous uh, government tactic, right? Create it's the arsonist lighting yeah. the fire, and then he's also the fireman. We right? we, we bring you the problem and the solution. So that's what I think is happening on a global scale with finances, the financial system. They're going to tell us that capitalism is predatory and it's a big problem. It's keeping people poor. Meanwhile, they're keeping people poor. They're debasing currencies. They're causing all of these terrible problems. And then they're going to swoop in when the system collapses and say, we've got the GovCoin or whatever. Well, okay, so there's there's kind of two schools of thought here, at least that we've been dancing around. You bring up the financial controls and the financial collapse. I think that uh, I I think they're angling for some the, like the accelerationism is angling for a bigger a bigger. destructive event one that one that kills a lot more people i think they're angling for significant changes in the in the state of the world you know well i i don't because like the the there's the idea that they're going to introduce these soft creeping controls manipulate the economy and then everybody's under this control and then we all live as slaves and i think i think they really do want to depopulate in a big way well i agree and the only way to do that really is a war. War. A huge war. Yeah. We're talking about serious war. Because like the 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 financial situation, yeah, it's a big deal, but what what does that lead to? What does it lead to them getting greater control or does it lead to war? It could be both. You could you could a collapsing of the financial system could lead to a war cuz you could they could say well, China caused this through this and this and this, the way they're starting to do with the virus, right? Remember Trump Trump said, I have seen evidence that this came from a lab in Wuhan, and he got laughed at and banned. And mm-hmm. This was a year ago, like a year ago this week. And now the mainstream is repeating that. Trump got in trouble for calling it the China virus. You know, people were getting in trouble for calling it the Wuhan flu. Right. Dr. Dunn, our other robot here in utah gave a ted talk to an empty room about how it was so racist and mean to call it the chinese flu and that there was a lot of asian hate because of it and and they tried really hard to sell the asian hate thing for a little while right and this was back in the summer that she did this and you know this there was this narrative like remember nancy pelosi famously said come on down to chinatown in san francisco and have dinner 
when this was all kind of emerging. Yeah. So under her own rules and her own logic, she probably killed people, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if we're playing by their rules. Of course she didn't because it's not how it works. But Right. But there was this whole kind of defend China mode for a while. I think that's going to flip. Now, I don't know if they want a hot war with, with China. Well, now that, now that the right people are in charge, and again, I'm not sure that Trump was the wrong person, but it, it, it's hard to say because it's like we're in crazy land. Like literally Joe Biden is the president and he's clearly not running the country and he's clearly not all there. And it's like, it's like there's this uh, kinetic <laughs> momentum going on that's just pulling us in, in a certain direction as a nation that, that we can't seem to get out of. Like there's no voices of reason and all, all you have is this, uh, this propaganda that's telling people what to think and what to do. And I don't think everybody's doing it. And that's why I think they have to have a war. I think they're, I think they're losing sway in certain, in certain areas. Now, granted, I, I did have a, f- a friend or an acquaintance came back from uh, a trip to the coast in Portland, Washington area, and they said it was pretty well received up there. You know, there, were, oh, there was a sure. lot of... Most people were masking. The the advertising and the propaganda was really thick up there. There was a lot of transgender advertising, uh, LGBTQ mm-hmm. stuff, anti, you know, social justice stuff, anti police stuff that was that, like on the radio stations and and they said also that they saw on the interstate when they'd get on and off and be changing directions that there were people running across the interstate and they could see the tops of tents and stuff. So. I wonder if, like, I haven't, it would be interesting to go do a tour of the country to see where, what things are like right now. Yeah, I've read accounts, similar type things, like people from somewhere go to Florida, and it's shocking to them how normal life is in Florida. And I think people would be shocked if they came here. As, as much as we complained about the people in charge here. We have a, we we have go- a bit of a mass migration going on. Right. Well, yeah, the, the the 2020 census revealed that Utah, I think our population grew in that 10-year period from 2010 to 20, like 18%, the fastest or most growth in the country, which, mm-hmm. don't come here. Stop it. I saw somebody's truck the other day had a bumper sticker that said, welcome to Idaho. Welcome to Idaho. Now go home. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and, and in this particular area, basically what we call the Wasatch Front is it's booming such a it's going west it's it's sprawling out to the west into areas that really shouldn't have neighborhoods i mean we're talking a lot of water out there waterless areas it's like scorched earth out there it's but that's where the space is the neighborhoods aren't attractive i'm not you know they're just it's and it's not pleasant out there it's it's the the streets are terrible it's hard to get around out there it's it's really an awful situation specifically what are you talking about well, I'm talking about Eagle Mountain and Saratoga Springs and all that stuff out by Harriman and Copper Hills. And Tons of traffic out there right now. There's that new roadway called, what do they call that? Um, Pioneer Crossing? There's or the Pony Express Road. There's that. There's now, there's now there's one that goes north, uh, north of like Bluffdale near the prison or where the prison. oh the mountain view corridor Ma- yeah that's it the mountain view corridor yeah that's going to be a freeway at some point you could they've reserved so much land they can put a two-lane 
Well, it needs to be. In like Bangor, Bangor Highway is a terrible design. Well, they keep updating Bangor Highway with overpasses. It's getting right. better with their overpass the, underpass The east-west design. travel in this corridor, this mount, the Wasatch Front, is really bad. <laughs> Trying to go east-west. Well, yeah, north-south is side. hard too when you get any sort of an accident. Yeah, well, east-west or north-south, there's only one I-15. That's it. At least at the point of the mountain. But now you've got uh, Redwood and Mountain View Corridor that's kind of... But that's the only other one right? that's possible. So it's uh, it's a sprawl, and it's growing fast. Well, and anyway, with the, the, but, t- the but tangent then, here is people are moving out here. Well, California in the, lost a couple of seats, house seats. Yeah. And I think New York lost. Texas, Florida gained. So people really... It, this mass... This migration is real. And people are getting out of states that are succumbing in force to the propaganda. So I guess it's accurate to say that the 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 way the propaganda the way the propaganda played out was different in different parts of the country. I think most of the country on the coasts experienced a similar level of totalitarian lockdown. But there's a ton of free spaces and people that tried to escape, people that went on vacations, you know, they they'd rent up rent the Airbnbs and stuff like that to get away from the tyranny in the, in the Midwest, they're now all moving, wanting to move out here because they see it as a safe haven. Montana, Idaho, Texas, Wyoming, all growing very fast. Yeah, it's really interesting to look at the U-Haul truck rental data. They have trucks exiting Florida, New York, and no trucks going into Florida and New York and other statist states. Florida? Going into Florida. They're going into Florida from New York is what you're saying. I'm not sure if they track that, but what they're saying is they have trucks leaving New York, California, other areas like that. And they have a big pile up in states like Texas and Florida. Yeah. And no trucks coming into California, New York. Yeah, so they can't get their U-Hauls back. They right. have to drive them back empty or whatever. Well, even before the pandemic, there was <clears throat> there was companies in California starting to pop up that their only job was to help companies move out of California. So let's say you own a business of 300 employees and you're sick of the laws in California, you want to relocate to Texas. You could hire this company to help you move your company. So legally, all the paperwork, plus all the things you'd actually want to move mm-hmm. and also work on helping hire new people in your no- new location or work out relocation packages with your existing people. Like it's a little cottage industry in California, yeah. How, yeah. how helping people leave California. Of course, governor Newsom's a crazy person. And so he's trying to find a way to tax people who used to live into California to yeah. say, you still owe us money because you lived here for a while. So we're going to continue to tax you. Right. One of my f- acquaintances told me that a friend of theirs who's a police officer in uh, or was a police officer in California, Northern California, has been told that if they leave the state, they will not get their pension. Right. Was that you? I don't think so. But that sounds uh, there's so many. I end up, I've <laughs> been talking to a lot of people because I'll get these comments on the podcast. I'm sorry if I can't remember who it was. My mind's been boggled right now. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about all the factors that are pressing down upon the uh, us as people and and thinking where where does it go and why why are they telling us things these things now you know 
it is summer. I, I do think there's an element of there's a part part of the mechanics of of society is that we we have this tradition of going out and playing and and paying less attention to media and 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 propaganda during the summer. I mean, the kids are not in school, so they're not being propagandized. And uh, parents and, and families generally want to disconnect. So it's possible we are in the eye of the storm, like you're talking about, that we're, we're just in, maybe right now we shouldn't be really so worried about what they're talking about because it doesn't matter as much because it's, we need to wait till September, right? When the September 11th types of things can happen or the, or the financial crashes can happen in the, in the fall when people are back paying attention. Maybe, yeah. maybe we should table this discussion. I don't know. But, <laughs> but the things are vaccines, alien invasion. You saw, you saw the Bitcoin. Bitcoins come under attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it came under heavy attack by the Chinese government. Right. Cryptocurrencies did. Yeah. That's interesting. And I think, and then you've got the Wuhan lab story, which obviously is related to China. So it's a possibility you'll see. It might be that they don't know and they're just throwing mud at the wall to see what sticks. Well, it, yeah, it might, it's a possibility that you'll see the Eastern, more, more traditional totalitarian governments take greater control of their currencies where the West invests in quote unquote free market, heavily regulated, heavily infiltrated, seemingly free cryptos. Right. Like, I mean, if, if you own the Federal Reserve, you can print enough money to buy all the Bitcoins. So maybe they already own them. Like we said, it's the, it's the SHA-256 algorithm. That means Secure Hashing Algorithm 256. It was invented by the National Security Administration. It's the basis upon which Bitcoin is built. And, and Bitcoin is, you know, it, it, on its surface, they say it's private, but it's, everything's recorded in the blockchain. So if you know who the, the wallets are, you know everything that happened. It's not private. It's public, right? So that's, that's an interesting aspect of, of that cryptocurrency. It's possible they want to co-opt it. I'm sure they will in some way or another. They're not going to. Well, and, and I think we won't see that until there's a way for regular people to buy and sell things with Bitcoin. And right now it's like more of something you buy and hold on to and its value is still measured in US dollars. Yeah, and we're and I can't go down to the grocery store and buy my groceries with Bitcoin. Right. Same thing with uh all the other cryptos, Ethereum, Bitcoin Cash, right. Dogecoin, Dogecoin, whatever, Dogecoin. whatever they call it. Which was a joke. Start literally started as a joke and then became quite valuable. <laughs> Um, yeah. Well, what do you think about the whole alien thing? I mean, do you think that's, uh, that's going to come to play? I don't, I don't think enough people are taking that seriously because it's such an outlandish, silly thing. I, but what I do think is that the, the government needs the next big bad. They need the next war on terror do you, is it going to come out of left field though because the vac okay so the coronavirus thing is kind of dying off do they do you think they can sell us another pandemic if they do the the virus is going to have to be actually seriously deadly because no i don't think 
They can't pull the same. Can, one I don't off. think they can pull it off again. I think what we're going to see is maybe. I think we may just see perpetual, permanent pandemic. Like they're kind of building that up with COVID. Like they're saying things like, "We'll never defeat it." Well, yeah, you never do. That's called endemic. There's a medical term for it called endemic. Viruses everywhere. That, that we have a lot of viruses. In fact, right now. The SARS-CoV-2 is like the fourth most prominent virus behind rhinovirus uh, and a couple others that I was looking at, three others. It's not even the most prominent thing right now. It was for a while. Yeah. But now like rhinovirus is, is skyrocketing. Are they going to lock us down for that? See, they, they can't. If they came out and were like, rhinovirus is now a pandemic. We got to stay home to save lives. People, they can't do it if they say rhinovirus, but they could say it was a novel rhinovirus. Yeah, they could. I don't think they will. I think I think what's next has to be more ex- of an existential threat like Islamic terror was. But I, it could be extraterrestrials. I just don't think enough people will take that seriously. So War of the Worlds, that that was sort of a test run, right? People, yeah. People were panicking. But that was a long time ago. It's easier now for people to know that it's... Or think that it's fake. They would have to manufacture something like a 9-11 event. Like a laser missile something coming from space. And and a, a, an event where we all saw this spacecraft swoop over New York City and zap it. Like Independence Day or something. Well, so getting back to the asteroid comet idea. I don't think they can do that one. Um, because there are too many... Ast- there are too many amateur astronomers out there that can track the course and mm-hmm. make observations on something that that was visible in the night sky. But space aliens, they could they could fake with uh, airplanes. Uh, or just CG. Uh, well, yeah, definitely on the television, but they could also create a lot of pandemonium and fear by flying some sort of dressed up aircraft oh, sure. into a, into certain areas strategic areas maybe maybe blowing some things up doing a laser light show like you like I you said I guess it depends on but that would require a lot of people to be involved a lot more than just say two buildings getting rigged for controlled demolition and then being brought down I don't know that would require that many people I mean it, it wouldn't be that hard to take a oh, if you're going to go worldwide um I don't think it'd be that hard to get like a what What's the plane? We we used to call it the stealth bomber. Is that the 52? Not the 52. What do they call that? The stealth bomber? The B, B2? B2 Or the bomber? B1? One of those. The one that looks like the big bat wing? Yeah. That's the B2. It wouldn't be... I don't think it'd be that difficult to dress something like that up. And then that's and, the space aliens? Yeah. And especially if they just only did it CG with CG... They they couldn't only do that if they attacked a big city. I think they'd have to blow some stuff up. That's oh sure, they they can they're good at that. Yeah, <laughs> but it could how just are they be a gonna... drone? It could be a drone that. They how make does that look... serve their purposes though? Panic. If they want to create panic, the next panic, right? The next bit and then the people fear. kill each other off. Well, if if the purpose is to, are the purple people starve because the supply chains break down? If they're start, if they want to start a war, they don't have to. They won't need aliens to do that. They can just start a war with China. Yeah, they just need an excuse, or which Russia, would be or Iran. Yeah, it could be the the virus is the excuse for war with China, but that that they don't even need that. It could be Taiwan. 
right? Could be North Korea. There's right. a lot of reasons why they might start. Well, they a war could, with, and with they could China. just manufacture something. The, the, I don't even think the virus is that. That's not even that big of a reason to go to war. You just make the people accountable who are accountable, like these, like Dr. Fauci, like Fauci, the people and, that and, funded and, the gain and, of function. And research. remember that that Harvard scientist who got arrested right when this was all breaking last year for colluding with the Chinese government. He was from the University of North Carolina, right? We talked, I think we've touched on him, but he, that happened and he just got swooped under the rug. Right. There's no way that's unrelated to, you know, and the timing of it was all interesting. But yeah, pick, pick your, pick your enemy, East Asia or Eurasia or whatever. We've always been at war with them. Right. And drop a bomb and then you're, you're off and running or have them drop a bomb. You know, it's that's easy. That's easy stuff. Because they've done it. They've done. That's it. what they've been doing the last century. Right. Yeah. Well, it seems like we've got more questions than answers here. Well, that's because neither of us know the future. But I do. I do recommend having a look at this. But this article I, on Corona Circus. I think the whole point, though, of this article and other things like this, is. To watch the news, consume the news, however you do it, with an eye to this kind of stuff. Ask these questions. You know, who, what, why, why now? And know that you're being, we're being told things for a reason. We're never being told the truth or the whole truth, ever. And pretty much by anybody. Like, so I think that's important to, to understand and to recognize. And then you can start making decisions. You know, his conclusion is... His conclusion, he says, waiting. Well, he, he says, the dream of world domination is an old one indeed. From Alexander to Charlemagne, Napoleon to Hitler, Caesar to Stalin, every one of these freaks was similarly driven by some occult messianic psychosis. They have all failed because nature abhors central planning and individual conscience always proves to be too formidable an obstacle awaiting this inevitable failure one would still be well advised to find a remote location to hunker down for a while <laughs> see he's optimistic and 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 or they or who, who however many people he they post under the name icarus i think he's a little too optimistic like yes these other people have failed but look at the damage they caused yeah in their failures i mean billions of deaths uh but I, he is right. Nature abhors central planning. Which is why we're being propagandized to love central planning. You know, I don't know that people growing up nowadays abhor central planning. The, there, is a, there is a huge loss of liberty-loving people that are... And we, we, we learned that over this last year. How many people were calling for the imprisonment of you know, mask deniers and calling for the imprisonment of people who won't get mm -hmm. vaccinated or at least the segregation or the separation. These are not people who love and understand liberty. No. And, and, and this, this article is very interesting because his, he's postulating that the intent is to destroy the nation states and undermine trust in our institutions. And that's a lot of, a lot of us out here who are scratching our heads are going, 
this is absurd, you know, like just the, the transgenders participating in women's sports, right? The, uh, the men who say they're women being able to participate in women's high school sports, they, that's, that's absurdity. Um, the, the fact that we're now in summer, it's clear that coronavirus has followed seasonal trends. You know, there's no bring out your dead moment, except in the New York nursing homes. And most of the people are going, okay, the, we've, Things are getting back to normal. The question is, I mean, he, he's kind of he's kind of assuming that people are understanding they're being lied to, and that the that they're losing faith in the nation's institutions and in all nations. He says, "What is the best way to destroy science and reason?" He answers that question: force people to accept as reasonable and scientific the most absurd, preposterous notions, such as the idea that being a man or a woman is a matter of subjective preference. And he goes on and asks a few other questions with the same thing. Get us to all accept things that are utterly, obviously absurd as rational. And, and we've seen that. We've seen that time and time again, not just over the last year, but over the last couple of decades. He calls it a coro- the Corona Circus provocation. As highlighted, it is the culmination of a subversive agenda started decades ago meant to destroy the Western world because it is the culmination and the final chapter of that controlled demolition. It has very strong occult undertones. It's considered by the barbarians as a crowning and meant to facilitate the emergence of a new age and thus may even involve aliens in its final act. So he's, he's talking about, or they are talking about something far more dramatic than just your, your run-of-the-mill financial collapse, your, uh, you know, vaccine passports, everybody, everybody needs to show the passport to get on an airplane. That's, I, I, and I think that this, this needs to be considered, you know, who is it, what are they saying, and why are they saying it now? Those, those are very astute questions, because we need to consider the, the idea that there is more at play that there that it is not just a play for selling a bunch of vaccines. Right. The masks, the social distancing, the closures, all this I think were just they were means to an end. Right. The they whole were, the whole they cor- were pushing us toward whatever this edge is. He calls it the corona circus and and I and I'm not sure I totally agree with him because there, as we've discussed, a lot of people have been willing to go along with the circus. They've all bought into it. The majority but, of people. Well, yeah, but but the but the circus can be seen as a an event staged to provoke a reaction. And that's that's the whole emphasis of this article we've been talking about is is that the case is this a bunch of crap intended to provoke a reaction and going back to the article i referenced last week orwell talked about how the or extraordinary swings of opinion which occur nowadays or emotions which can be turned on and off like a tap are the result of newspapers and radio hypnosis or you know mainstream media and social media hypnosis right now so we're we're kind of talking between two different possible outcomes here i mean if the people are that well controlled it's game over already i mean what what is society (laughs) that's really a depressing thought to think that that's how controlled society is right now I, i i hold out hope that 
we have some rebel rebellious uh, tendencies left I, within us to rebel against the controllers. I had that hope. I had that hope until last summer when I realized that we were going to just continue to go along with all of this garbage. Last summer was when we should have rebelled en masse. And instead, we found it perfectly rational and reasonable that we could have racial justice protests that didn't spread the virus, but a protest of 100 people outside yeah, that's of what Governor Herbert's house was a super spreader event. See, there's a third, there's a third possibility here, and that, that is what, what, what leads to economic collapse, is that most people are just out there working and they don't care so much about the details. They're just, you know, they wear the mask because, okay, that's what's required. But really, I, what, I, what I need to do is get to my job. I need to do this, that, oh, the yeah. other. Right. So, so you have the, these extremes. You have the idea that people are totally controlled and jerked around, like what Orwell says. And on the other hand, you've got Corona Circus Icarus here who's saying, no, this is, a, this is intended to be so absurd that it's going to provoke a reaction and then you've got the middle ground where the people are just kind of going along to get along. They're not that stupid, but they're just not paying that close of attention. But I think those people in the middle, and I think that's the majority of people, are still facilitating this because they went along with it. That's right. But they're going along with it because they still have their jobs. That's my, that's my point. Is that not the case? Because if that's the case... And if we're, if we're really, the thing, the gut feel that I have that we're in for some massive tsunami of craziness, if that's really going to manifest itself, it's going to require the majority of people to start to behave, not just think that it's a possible problem, but to behave as if their lives depend on, on changing their behavior, which would mean economic collapse. There's an old, I don't know what you call it, adage saying that uh, only hungry artists paint because they need to eat. They need to paint to eat. Mm -hmm. And the artist that is financially comfortable doesn't paint. And I don't know if this is an actual adage or something I just made up or heard somewhere, but I think you're onto something. If people are financially comfortable in, in this last year, people who already were financially comfortable, really kind of enjoyed the lockdowns and shutdowns. They were able to go on vacation. Yeah. They were able to work from home. They were kind of able to slack off on their jobs without any consequences, I think, or being real. Yeah. And they had Well, you have, the, you have the Corona Circus as the excuse. Yeah, and they had income. And they, now that excuse is going away. And remember, all this happened under Donald Trump. See, they, they, they like to attribute certain things to Republicans, you know, like wars. But then when you get a Barack Obama, then it's like, we don't talk about the wars, but we expand the wars. Right. Right? The, the kinetic military action, the destabilizing of the Middle East, things are way worse than they were in 2008 right now. And it's not, it's not Trump so much as it's been the whole, the whole thing. He, he talked about getting out of those areas, but they didn't get out. Right. And now that Biden's in, you know, the, under Trump, we had all these stimulus things and, and they had to do a stimulus right after Biden got in because that was the way the momentum was going. But now the states are starting to stop handing out the unemployment benefits. Or at least the unemployment benefits on top of the 
unemployment benefits, right? And bonus unemployment benefits, right? And the federal government's now facing pressure to try to try to stop, um, stop the flow. Even though they're talking about it, they're not actually getting it through. Like the Democrats don't appear to have the will to to pull off all of this red meat spending that they were talking about, and the Fed is actually hinting at tapering the interest rates and tapering their purchases, which is which is all going to happen under Biden. Right. Well, you have we have this labor shortage, right? Yeah. Which means a lot of people are out of work. They're just being they're being paid welfare and government right government money right now. You take all that away, that's that you know no longer now you have a bunch of hungry painters. That might be what leads to that reaction you're talking about yeah all of these people who are unemployed or you might have another massive i still don't think we've seen the full financial effects of these shutdowns now that people are starting to go back to work you might have people who just say like i don't want to work anymore see i'll tell you what you're not going to see you're not going to see the people go through uh, an economic crisis like the great depression and band together and get mad at the government and take their rights back and all of this stuff. You're not you're not going to see the conservatives or the populists or whatever you want to call them, the right the right thinking people come back and fix the problems. Right. What you're going to see is they'll start to agitate and then you're going to get the alien invasion or then you're going to get the war with China. You're going to get you're going to get this agitation caused by something like a financial collapse. I think I think it's going to be financial collapse. I mean we we were talking about supply chain shutdown, potentially a, an internet shutdown. All those things are still on the table. It could be that the uh, cyber polygon, polygon event precedes uh, a real supply chain disruption worse than the colonial pipeline thing. I mean, we we were talking about cyber polygon a, a month before this this pipeline hack, right? And that was a huge supply chain problem. I mean, the, the whole cyber polygon thing, we didn't, we didn't even talk very much about that. You would think that they'd had 16 guys that they could send to all, the, to all of the valve stations open the and valve. Turn the, open the valves up. All right. Yeah, well, you know? We are... Are we way off? We're running out of battery, and we're probably <laughs> we're running out of time. So I think we should cut it off. We're going to well, leave we, people we hanging We could just sit here and bit. speculate. That's the, that's the problem with this discussion is we're definitely, I don't have any answers, and, but, but the questions are the right questions. Who, think, who is speaking? What are they saying? And why are they saying it now? Don't, don't listen to what they're saying. It's why aliens now. It's, it's interesting. It's fun to speculate about aliens, right. right? It's fun to talk about who they are, whether they're interdimensional, whether they're demons, whether they're really from other worlds. That's fun. But that's not the point. Why is the propaganda media telling it now? Because right. they are liars, liars, pants on fire. Okay? All right. We're going to call it. We're going to leave you hanging on that note. Time. And we will come back next week. And I think we should maybe continue this or, or, or start looking at other things with these questions in mind. And one other question that Icaros at Corona Circus asks is, why make it a circus? So think on that this week. That's your homework assignment. Why make it a circus? Comment, yeah. on, the, comment on the podcast website, mindvirus.show. We had some interesting... We, we sort of had the potential for a discussion to start on our last podcast. We had a few guys posting there. I'd love to see if you guys are liking this and want to talk to us or each other, post on the, on the comments section. We could get a little discussion going. If you want, if not, just kick back, 
be anonymous. You can be one of our 14, 17 anonymous listeners. <laughs> 1,400. And we'll, nev we'll never talk to each other. All right. Okay. We, we have a great week. Thanks, everybody. We are signing off. <laughs>